You know what? I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. The show goes on. This is my home. They're gonna need a fucking wrecking ball to take me out of here. They're gonna need to send in the National Guard a fucking SWAT team, cause I ain't going nowhere. Analysis listeners, I want to welcome in to the conversation a special guest, a good buddy of mine, a director of mine, reference to my acting career, everybody drink, Mr. Spencer Davis, welcome to the show! Whoa! Oh my god! Yeah. Is this what the analysis feels like? This it is, is it. so warm in here. Yes. Welcome. Wow. The water is warm. Oh, God. Why? what's up brother not much i am uh yeah i'm feeling good i'm excited about this i'm excited about i don't get to talk about film with very many people my fiance doesn't watch many films in general your fiance who's an actress yes a good actress i'll say davis lise marie you're a good actress but she doesn't watch a lot of movies she's a tv head or what is that she's a she was a theater nerd growing up, a musical mm-hmm. nerd. And then as far as TV goes, she's documentary and she is like reality TV show like Kitchen Nightmares, uh, mindless okay. kind of stuff. But she knows how many movies she hasn't seen and she wants me to get her involved. It's just it, it, we have to find the time to... That's really interesting. That reminds me a lot of Caitlin, my girlfriend. Oh, yeah. And she's, she's not from performance art or even theater, but you know, obviously like a lot of women in america very into reality television Mm -hmm. she's really into hgtv but uh she's she has allowed me to bring her along on a film renaissance and she loves it now she loves to to be up to date Mm -hmm. even some of her family who also don't really watch a ton of movies they ask her for suggestions for movies because she knows she sees a lot so she's addicted she's been bit by the bug a little bit but okay cool so we're both on the same page a little bit with with our ladies and 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 movie dumb so you don't get to you don't get to chat a lot of movies this is my fix I'm okay. getting, my, I'm getting my fix right now. And then you could always come in and join with your friends on the analysis at any point. Sweet. Even the shows you're not on, you oh, know, shoot. I know you're a listener. So yeah. yeah, we love, we love to have you on. So today we're going to be talking and doing a case for uh-huh. Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh shit! And this is this is a huge day for the mm-hmm. analysis. So that we have two rules okay. on the analysis that are drinking rules. For mm. our listeners that might have Oops. a beer next to them. Okay. So Oops. the first rule is everybody drink anytime Bob or Matt, our co-host, uh, references their acting career, which I think we might do today because you've directed me in a few different shows now. So anytime I reference my acting career or an acting career, we have to drink. Got it. And then the second time everybody has to drink is when someone references Leonardo DiCaprio. So I hope. Oh shit. I hope the audience has a large amount of. We beverage. have to say his name. If we say his name, they drink? Or just or? a movie that he was in, oh, no. or just when there's a reference in general. Oh, so no. I think some people might, because, you know, we don't want anyone to end up on the floor. Enjoy tonight. your nap. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. We, well, you know, we'll taper that. You can make up your own rules as you go along here. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, those are some of the two rules. So we have a big day today. And I wanted to talk to you about, I've saved Leo for you, because... Thanks. 
You're the only other person I know. The only other male, I'll say. Hmm. The only other uh, adult male that has Leonardo DiCaprio as his favorite actor. Yes. That I know, at least. And I, I know a lot of movie turds. Yes. And I think that's really interesting because he's very popular. Uh-huh. You know, and, and his movies have always been very popular. But when you ask around, especially to dudes, who's your favorite actor... Not a lot of Leo gets thrown no, around. No, no. Maybe he's in a top five, but mm-hmm. not a lot of Leo. And then there was just this one guy that mm-hmm. would pop up on my social media, yep. Spencer Davis. Yep. And yeah, he, he's he's always been your guy. So I was just I was just kind of fascinated that me and you are the only two out here, like mm-hmm. really carrying the banner. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of ask you, kind of what what about Leo does it for you? I think what does it for me is I appreciate somebody. He could have easily coasted on Titanic. He could have easily been the heartthrob of that collection of years. Um, But instead what he did is he immediately went, okay, I did Titanic, now I'm going to go do this little small film with Woody Allen. Mm -hmm. He did Celebrity, Celebrity, I think. Yeah, yeah. pretty quick after that. It it was such a departure for him. Um, It both tied into his real-life experience at that point following Titanic, but it also was like not the kind of material you expected him to sink his teeth into. After that, he did, and I I had to double-check this, but after that, he did The Beach, um, which I think was Danny Boyle. Mm -hmm. right? And so right away, he's working with two very prolific directors, um, very very well-known, on on some of their, what turned out to be their lesser-known films, but he was following the material. He was following the artist. Right? Yes. He was not following what's hot right now. Like, oh, what's gonna what's gonna pay me the best? If anything, I doubt very seriously the paydays for either one of those films was very high. Um, the next time he ever like, and I think this was even before Titanic was was Man in the Iron Mask or what was the that was that was pretty that, soon after Titanic. That was, soon that was after the next Titanic. big thing. And but you know yeah. A, a, a dual character but even, but even then it was kind of like an acting he followed the acting challenge right he followed the i'm playing two brothers thing mm-hmm. he, it wasn't that he was going oh i need to give audiences two doses of me he was going oh that would be fun oh, yeah I, I can't wait to challenge myself there right um and so i think i appreciated his willingness and he keeps doing it his willingness to keep redefining himself right even now he went from an actor to an environmentalist now he's coming back as an actor. Now he's going into producer mode mm-hmm. and really getting into producing things with Scorsese. Um, and I think that that's uh, awesome. Yeah, that was the first time when I saw the assassination of Richard Nixon, mm-hmm. which was the Sean Penn movie. Mm-hmm. And I saw it was a movie I didn't even know he had produced, but right. it was the first time I saw it produced by Leonardo. Oh yeah, I was like what? Oh, he's fucking producing movies yep. now. Yep. But I uh, so so for me, and I, it seems to me that. Titanic. Titanic came around. Mm-hmm. I think I was in uh, the end of my like sixth grade time, mm-hmm. uh, and so just kind of really starting to formulate tastes for right. performers. Right. And for me, and and I've always kind of been bit by the dramatic bug. I have mm-hmm. a, I have a brother who's eight years older than me, um, who's always been involved in theater and the arts. He's a he's very influential in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've always kind of been interested in, I've, and my parents were pretty liberal with allowing me to see kind of adult-type movies at uh-huh. a young age. So my parents allowed me to see Jerry Maguire mm-hmm. in the early 90s, and yep. my mom allowed me to watch Forrest Gump. And, you know, Forrest Gump and Jerry Maguire have some kid things with kids that are nice, but it also has some real shit that happens. So mm-hmm. I kind of developed a taste mm. at an early age 
So then Titanic comes out. It's right. a huge hit. It's probably right. the biggest movie that came out in my childhood. Yeah. And sure. I loved it. And so I go watch I go watch Titanic and my mom, my mom's a, my mom who listens to every single one of these, but she goes, <sighs> "Oh, you're into this guy?" So she hmm. she buys me this book, this Leonardo DiCaprio book, which isn't really a biography, oh, wow. but it's just kind of a picture book of his career cuz oh, wow. he was such a hot yeah, actor at the time. Yeah. And and then she goes and she rents me what's eating Gilbert Grape. Ah. And so if you mix if you mix uh, Gilbert Grape and um, you, you know so like I'm already starting to develop taste for theater and right. drama and then like there's this kid I was like oh this is a completely different guy and right. then she goes and she rents me this boy's life hmm. and and that's that's a hardcore uh-huh. domestic drama right. with Robert De Niro. And, right. and it's like, oh, and then, and so then I kind of get on this Leonardo DiCaprio kick. Then I go and I rent Basketball Diaries. Right. And I'm like, oh, before this Titanic, yes. there's this like stream of hardcore challenging dramas that this uh-huh. kid was able to, you know, so as a middle schooler, you know, everyone's kind of getting into what they're doing. I'm like, no, this Leonardo DiCaprio guy is... Is it? I think like, he got boxed into that romantic lead thing with Titanic and with Romeo and Juliet. But what you didn't realize is those were actually departures. He was always following the material. Yeah. And happened upon these other two movies, what turned out to be very big movies, by very two hot directors, right? I mean, yeah. it's what, Boz Lerman and uh, James Cameron. So for me, I'm just like, he has... He has never worked on a project. He is the one of the few actors I can say this about. He has never worked on a single project where I don't go, like, where, where, where I would go, why? Why yeah. do you, what, what was that? One thing I love about an actor or a director, or the ones that, are, the guys who I really appreciate, mm-hmm. is when I watch their movies and I'm like, this guy thinks this is the greatest movie that's going to be done this year. Right. And that's, I think that about when I see a Tarantino movie, mm-hmm. ironically, he's worked with Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that when I see Tarantino or Scorsese, like, or Leo movies, I like, Leo picked this project because he believes this is truly the greatest project that's going to exist yep. this year. Or at the very least, it's going to give him something he could not get anywhere else. He's going to do something he's never done before. But even then, a really hot director is always attached. Yeah. It's either a really incredible character, a really incredible screenplay, an amazing groundbreaking director or all of the above but that's something to say about his talent that every single amazing director that's currently alive right now Mm -hmm. wants leonardo dicaprio in his picture and it's not because it's going to help sell tickets because there's a lot of actors that can do that Mm -hmm. but because the guy is so versatile Mm -hmm. and is going to be able to market his film but also completely capture the critical character in that movie right. you mentioned important directors so here's a list just a quick list before we get into more lists of some of the directors that Leo's worked with so Boz Lerman James Cameron Woody Allen Danny Boyle Spielberg Martin Scorsese a handful of times Sam Mendes Christopher Nolan Clint Eastwood Tarantino and Sam Raimi Mm-hmm. So that's just, I mean, those are, those are some, some Sam Raimi probably not, but they're, right. some of those guys are all-timers. Some I of those mean, guys are the greatest yeah, that have ever done it. I mean, they, they are either, they are either the greatest of all time right now, or they could become, right? Yeah. Most of them have won Oscars at this point, if not several. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think the main thing that's missing is like, he hasn't, I don't think he's worked with... A prolific female director yet yeah. I think he's probably th- that needs a little bit of work but I mean beyond that I, every yeah. Bigelow every, give him a call right every male director you can think of off the top of your head other than I don't know if he's worked with Fincher yet 
But beyond he's not, no. beyond that, I think he's worked with pretty much everyone that would come to your mind when you go, what's your favorite director? To anybody yeah. on the street. Or, I mean, he hasn't worked with a guy like Damien Chazelle, but that guy's brand new on the scene, and Leo's also, he's a, he's a quality over quantity at this right. point. Right. So he's also, a... I mean, there's this thing, too, of I appreciate that now it's feeling like every time he does a film, it's because he wants to, because he could do anything else with his time. He does not need a film anymore. Yeah. He, quite, he doesn't even... He's got the Oscar at this point. He doesn't need to do another film for the rest of his life, which means now even more than before, he's making the time for the material or he's making the time for the people involved or both at the same time, um, which I think is really cool. So if Damien Chazelle came to him with the right script, I don't doubt he would do it. I, I just think he's not, he's, not go, he's not pounding the pavement looking for the next project unless maybe he's doing so as a producer trying to make things happen. Yeah, and... and... That's that's a that's a great segue. So real quick, because his filmography is not very long, so I'm just going to list some of the notable movies that he's done. And then I want to talk to you about some of our favorites. Okay. Uh, so on case four, like we always do, each one of us are going to pick our two favorite movies. Great. And that's either performance or movies. I'll let that be up to you. We're going to pick our least favorite one, because every career, every rose has a thorn, every career has a, mm-hmm. has a turd. Yes. Then we're going to do just some of our favorites and some shout outs and just give some extra visibility, some, some ones that we just want to give some love to. So... We'll, uh, we'll walk through this this process as, as we go along. But the filmography, uh, really the first... He was in Critters 3 when he was young. It was his first uh, motion picture appearance. But uh, Bust on the Scene, This Boy's Life, 1983. Or, or 1993, excuse me. Uh, and then What's Eating Gilbert Grape gets the nomination as Arnie Grape. Then The Quick and the Dead. Uh, Sharon Stone had to fight for him to get in that mm-hmm. movie because, because they thought he was too pretty. Uh, then Basketball Diaries, Romeo and Juliet, Marvin's Room. Marvin's Room, good play, uh, by the way. It's thinking those theater turds. Then Titanic, Man of the Iron Mask, Celebrity, The Beach, Catch Me If You Can, Gangs of New York, Challenge, Challenge Accepted, The Aviator, The Departed, Blood Diamond, The Eleventh Hour, Body of Lies, Revolutionary Road, Shutter Island, Inception, J. Edgar, Django Unchained, Great Gatsby, Wolf of Wall Street, The Revenant, and then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is coming out this year. Mm-hmm. So not a very long list no. of notables. Nope. But uh, yeah, definitely a quality over quantity guy. Yes. Uh, is there anything, before we get into the lists, is there anything just about his performance style that you're drawn to? <sighs> um, Sorry to I, you on No, I get, it's tricky too, because whenever you're talking about an actor's performance style, some actors have tics and others are just kind of chameleons i don't i wouldn't necessarily call him a chameleon i always know it's dicaprio up there yeah um, he's not the christian bale no he's not he doesn't sink into it he's right? done a, he's done a biopic but right. uh, he's actually done a few yeah, yeah. and uh jay right. edgar but two people that you wouldn't recognize or know what they look and sound like i always know it's dicaprio up there uh-huh. which some people say is antithetical to what acting is but i'm like i, I disagree uh but i would say if anything he he cl- he clearly does a ton of research beforehand and it and it's not the kind of pretentious research where you're like okay congratulations the movie still sucks it's like you can tell he never feels out of place in the world he's in right Mm -hmm. he he looks comfortable in his clothes whatever that looks like if that makes sense the idea that like in body of lies he has to wear uniforms right he doesn't look like a man who should not be wearing a bulletproof vest 
he he dyed his hair. He grew, he looks. He has a very distinct look in that movie. Mm-hmm. You can love or hate that movie, and I know we'll get into that. But I, mm-hmm. I but you can't deny the fact that he looks like he is part of that world. Um, yeah, I can't really think. I think of... you. I think you're nailing it, though. Yeah. That's, that's at least some of the things that draw yeah. me to him, as well as that he's not a chameleon. It's it's not always as flashy. Uh, he he does have some moves that come back in a few different ones. I'm always just very naturally invested because mm-hmm. of of how committed he is to the character, and you yeah. can tell that he has a lot of love and conviction for his characters. Mm-hmm. To where Titanic doesn't work without you. Really, that that movie that a lot of that movie gets praised for its technical uh, the effects, the spectacle. But right. the movie doesn't sell the way it did. If it if there's lots of movies that have spectacle, if right. you don't buy the relationship, right. you're always very bought into his character's journey and his character's mm-hmm. arc. I also just love the fact, and you've talked about it a lot already, but the fact that he had the leading man good looks, but mm-hmm. he's actually actively gone out of his way to do that. Oh, yeah. A lot of times he looks sloppy and gross now, yep. and he, yep. he has all the means to look hot if he wants to. Yep. I think he wants to look more every man. Mm-hmm. I think he wants to appeal to the masses. I yep. think he wants to be grounded, and I think he I think he per- he puts on weight on purpose. Mm-hmm. He grows out facial hair for certain things on purpose. And when, you know, if Gatsby calls for him to look slick and right. you know, he can do it yes. but uh you know i think i think very much he, he wants to come off like a man uh-huh. and uh but i you know whether or not you buy that or not i mm-hmm. i I, t- I typically am very invested in his characters not yeah. just because i'm a fan uh, i'm a fan because i get invested right 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 cool. so uh let's get into the lists a little bit yeah is, you're, you're looking my, stressed already my, i can feel mm, block sweat my favorite let's see your first favorite leonardo dicaprio movie wolf of wall street Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, yes. that's also mine, so I'll pick a yeah. different one. Okay, Wolf of Wall Street. Let's geek out. Why yeah. do you like Wolf okay, of Wall Street? Okay, I like Wolf of Wall Street for a lot of different reasons. First of all, I think it's his best performance. I think he just rings himself dry and then goes back in the bucket and rings himself dry again. I think he just takes himself to places that he's never gone before. I think he's never been funnier. I think that's huge, right? This is the funniest movie him or Scorsese has ever done. He should have never won a Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Comedy, and yet he did for this movie, right? Mm-hmm. And and that is something that blew my mind. And I think you, you look at things like the Quaalude sequence, right? Mm-hmm. I think you look at things like the way he talks to Kyle Chandler on that boat, that dialogue sequence where they're kind of like playing poker with each other essentially and yeah. you know I'm both, a little man yeah, yeah. I, I'm a little man oh you are you know all smiles but they're like really stabbing each other in the ribs um I also think it's just a really good I think it's one of Scorsese's best mm-hmm. I, I'll go that far because I think it's it, also his longest movie by one minute is it really yeah I think it I think it also has more f-words than any other movie he's I, I did something that's surprising yeah, I, that's okay. right right than any other movie he's done believe it or not um I think maybe because it's longer like mm-hmm. quite literally it may be just more time to you fit get more in. time to get an extra um, yeah. but I think uh I I find a lot of Scorsese's movies that are on the DiCaprio filmography to be a little some of them are a little sloppier than others right mm-hmm. I find this to be incredibly confident it has the energy of a young director even though Scorsese was years old yeah. when he directed it um it also is a movie about people say it's too long some people say this and i say well the point is it's a movie about excess right it's yeah. a movie about the excess of materials you you should at first look at that life and go oh my god this looks i'm high on this i'm laughing oh, i'm having a good time 
Jesus Christ, these guys exhaust me. That should be the point, right? That's yeah. the experience of watching the film. That's the experience of watching DiCaprio in this film. Um, and so I think all around, I think it's just really well packaged. And quite frankly, I think he should have won the Oscar for that performance. I will say that was the same year as Buyers Club, and I man, still, I, yeah, I, we'll see I how, hear we'll you. See how time plays out, yeah. You know, but Buyers mm-hmm. Club was Buyers Club was, it was pretty incredible. Yeah, pretty incredible. I just he's so energetic. Yes, and and the way he's able to, uh, you know, anytime he's got a microphone, he's speaking to a oh crowd. Oh my god! Like drop, like just stop what you're doing. Unbelievable. And I do think you're you you're into something that. Over time, in mm-hmm. 15 years from now, no one's going to watch Dallas Buyers Club. People will still be watching his speech on that microphone. Yep. Right? Yep. Especially, I love the second one even more. Instead Which of one? the, they're going to have to ring in the national. Oh, no, that's the one that I like. The national oh. guard one. The, the, the like, uh, quit, yeah. uh, the one right before where it's the, the Steve Madden stock. Oh, You're not going right, to hang up the right, phone right. until someone buys or fucking dies. Yeah, sure, I actually sure. love the moment uh-huh. when he's when he has the self-reflection and he's like, no, I'm a fucking hypocrite. Mm. And he has the moment with the, with the woman and he talks about, which is actual, because yeah. I read the book. I've read actually both Jordan Belfort's Have you book. really? Oh, wow. But that moment um, in in the book is real, where mm. he, he talks about the, the, the woman who, uh, you know, came to him for cash and he right. gave her $50,000 and now she's his best she's salesperson. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but like that moment where he's like, I fucking love everybody because, mm-hmm. because he taught in that character arc is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. The, the writing in that movie yeah. is so, because he starts as this common person, uh-huh. right? And he, you know, he talks about how he's a middle-class family and that's what drives him. And he even says it in the speech, I've been a poor man and I've been a rich man. And yeah. I choose fucking rich every right. time. Right, right. And you know, that's what motivates him to do it. Um, but even if you look at that character arc and where he first starts, uh-huh. He's very passive. Mm-hmm. They treat him like they quote call him pond scum. Right. Then he goes to that fucking meeting with McConaughey, which is yep. just an all time one of my favorite movie scenes. Yep. yep. And you know, then then he gets that you know, then this is like what Wall Street is in order to have success in this yep. place. It's sex and drugs. Yeah. Right. Keep the rhythm below the belt. I ironically, and, I think that scene with McConaughey is what won McConaughey the Oscar over DiCaprio because I think it showed he's stealing he, a little bit. Uh-huh. He's stealing a little bit of the scene. He's being funny, and then Dallas Buyers that same year, he's being horribly dramatic. Like yeah. he is being so. I I honestly think it was the package deal. He McConaughey won for the year, not just for the movie. Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, but, I, I agree with you. But that that's a great you scene. know. But then it's you know it's really sh- like that's that's the turning point, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's the the launch off for what it's going to right. become. He gets hooked. But you know then but then so in that movie, t- sex is like candy. Yes. You can just it's it, he's just. It, he's gobbling up excess, like you were yep, saying, yep. and then it's it's really interesting to see him kind of rise out of that middle class livelihood. Uh-huh. He's just trying to make money for his first wife, mm-hmm. him and his first wife. Mm-hmm. Be- you love, I love to see a climb. I mm-hmm. love to see a good build and a good climb. Yep. You know, that's just always fascinating in a movie to me. Yep. And then at the end of that movie, he's just trying to sleep with his wife. Yep. You know, he just wants to have like meaningful sex with his wife and, mm-hmm. and and he's blown it she's just she kind of lays there and then divorces him right mm-hmm. after him and uh him and margot robbie but, but you know it's yeah. just so it's like sex is so sex is i can just grab it anywhere and at right. the end of the day it's just like i want i just want i uh, intimacy even then i think then, it's it's interesting because huh. i don't know that he i think the point of the movie too is like he doesn't really change like he's by the end of the movie he's a little softer around the middle right he's Mm -hmm. a little he's just a little heavier in the jowls 
But ultimately, he's still standing in front of people, like trying. Well, he's to an everyman at that, right? Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Trying to fascinate people by the Cinderella story of like, mm. I did it, you can do it, you know. And so that final scene of the audience looking at the camera, it's essentially, I think it was Scorsese, and some people mm-hmm. go back and forth, but it's that idea of like, these men don't thrive unless we like watching these men right Mm -hmm. which is kind of like when you're making the movie about the guy it's hard for you to be like you're preaching to the choir a little bit but i i think um i don't know just from top to bottom it was one of those movies where i was just like oh like it was my favorite movie of the year and i just the i can keep watching it every time the rewatchability unbelievable when i when i always pick my list i go back to how many times have i rewatched this damn movie yeah and it's not just his the thing too is like i think i'm picking it too because it's not just his performance there are so many great supporting turns in it. Jonah he, Hill's best performance. Jonah in that Hill's movie. right, and he gives he gives right. He gives these folks screen time. He shares the screen with them. Kyle Chandler, I think, is great in it. Mm-hmm. I think there's so many people who are really Margot Robbie just kind of burst onto the scene with this. She movie. was nobody. Yeah. Nobody, and like she actually took what could have been the stereotypical wife in these movies, and instead she was actually the adult in the room. Right. Yeah. Everybody has this supporting turn, so altogether it's like. It isn't even one of those cases where, oh, the star is fantastic, the movie, eh, everybody's doing great. So. Yeah, and then it's and then there's always consequences to the action. Right. So you're saying like if you're watching this and your take is they're trying to glorify this and make this funny and, and mm-hmm. it's like every single thing they do has a massive consequence mm-hmm. and leads to their downfall at right, the other right. side. So there's mm-hmm. there is a lot of give and take in that. And mm-hmm. if you think that they look like they're having fun at the end of that movie, well then you misread in this. Exactly. So. Yeah, I, I just I think it uses all of his skill set mm-hmm. because he Leonardo DiCaprio can be very funny. He has mm-hmm. a fantastic sense of humor. Sure, he's very good at delivering comedy. Mm-hmm. And this movie is one of those. It was it was definitely the funniest movie of the year. I remember the first time I saw it, my abs hurt. Yeah, or at lack of abs, my stomach hurt. The moment he the quaaludes kicked in and he starts yeah. cr- like he starts crawling, from there through him giving CPR to. Jonah Hill are trying to what what is it trying yeah. to like basically get him to stop choking on the meat or whatever. Uh, that whole sequence is like I can't believe they're doing this in a movie. This is fucking hell- like it feels yeah. improvisational. Mm-hmm. It feels like they didn't plan a fucking thing. Yeah, and it's it's just it's really I really love it in that sense. It just anything can happen. It's one of those movies where anything could happen. Um, so I like that free flowing nature. Yeah, yeah. So. First movie in the books, uh, so I'll, <laughs> Sorry, uh, went no, on, went on for a bit. Sorry. No, that's first movie always goes on for a bit cool. on on case four. So uh, my favorite, um, my other favorite first movie, if we're talking about rewatchability, and it's a little off uh, the, the beaten path of where you think I might be going mm-hmm. with this. Okay, but I'm gonna say Catch Me If You Can. Hmm. I'm just thinking about hmm. charming. Uh huh fantastic characters now this is now this isn't necessarily a leonardo performance right this is i'm talking about just an enjoyable movie sure this one is and and again my my first my first pick was taken but this one this one's very consumable for me and i Mm -hmm. think especially at this point in his career it's just a really fun movie right i think this is probably his most universal movie Hmm. that you could probably get into yeah i love i i I always have kind of had a thing with this the detective and the person that he's chasing being uh two sides of the same coin Mm -hmm. kind of thing and yes you know there's there's some cliche things in about it but it's it's a movie that i i quote a lot Hmm. not nearly as much as wolf of wall street but 
uh, yeah, just I, I just I, I had a lot of fun with it. I also love the fact that uh, originally Tom Hanks was supposed to play the father, ha! and he read the part, and oh, that's funny. So he came back to Spielberg, and he's like, "Hey, who who do you have playing Hanratty?" And, uh... and uh, Spielberg was like, "Well, you know that part is." It's pretty significant, but it's also very much a supporting role. And Hanks is like, no, I'm cool. Like, wow, I think this would, be, really? this would be a really great project to get involved in. So then, you know, then you get the nice, you get Walken that gets to play the dad. Because oh, originally great. it was supposed to be kind of a drop-in, couple couple scenes, and mm-hmm. then and then he's gone. But, you know, he really, wow. he took the time to have that be half his year, was to do uh, Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. But also just fun incredible story yeah. and i think leo is charming as fuck he's mm-hmm. so charming in yep. it all the comedy that you're we're yeah. kind of talking about there's also some some nice drama mm-hmm. right yeah and that's the thing about leo is some of those moments that that in another otherwise like let's say um let's say some other actor gets this let's mm. say robert pattison is doing mm-hmm. catch me if you can you know you still might get some of that comedy in there but you know the drama might get kind of like glossed over it might seem kind of cheesy whereas it's very authentic when leo does it and they actually become real moments sure that moment which is is pretty cheesy but he goes on christmas to his mother's house and there's a new father in the Mm -hmm. window and he kind of comes face to face with his half sister or whatever it is but it's like but even then the way he's able to express so much with a look uh it's just not something that a like many actors can do but overall i love that movie it's it when you think about that year and how many actors his age could have played that role, he's really the only one you can think of that could have pulled, what's Frankie? Frank? Yeah, Frank William Abagnale um, Jr. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, that could have pulled Frank off. Because you're right, his charm is why his plan works, right? Mm-hmm. If he doesn't have that charm, whoever the actor is playing him, you don't believe it. The movie falls apart. Um, and so that was really smart casting. Another actor that could do it if they were casting that movie right now, and I compare his, and I've done it on this podcast before, okay. but Timothy Chalamet. Now, yes. Yeah, if now. they were doing the movie now, I think Chalamet would be a, would be a good friend. Totally, but again, another case of somebody who you thought could go one route and immediately went, uh, yeah, I'm going to follow uh, Call Me By Your Name with mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a movie in which I play uh, a druggie, right? Uh-huh. And so this idea of constantly challenging... Material. I think that the trajectory, that their career trajectories are actually very similar. I'll be very interested to see where he is in like 10 years. I agree. Um, but I, uh, I think, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah, and I also think Catch Me If You Can, it just goes down really smooth. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a really leisurely watch. And I don't mean that you're, it's unengaging or you, like, should be on your laptop while it's on. I mean, it's just fun. It's mm-hmm. just fun, right? It's a chase movie. It's a it's a detective story with a, with a bounce to it, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's not the direction I thought you were gonna go, but I totally I get it. Yeah. It's also one of those things where like, it may be one of those movies you forget on Spielberg's filmography, but the moment you remember it, you go, oh yeah, I love that movie, right? It's that it's one of those yeah. because he's got you know Jurassic Park, he's got ET, he's got all of these iconic change the world, yeah, Jaws, you know, all of these. Catch Me If You Can was, like, exactly what it needed to be. Yeah. It was 100% really well made. It was released right? over Christmas. Yes. It was kind of a Christmas blockbustery thing that mm-hmm. had a lot of star power behind right. it. But 
I've just found myself over my life watching it a ton sure. and just in appreciating it more and more. I bet. Thinking about little bit characters. Mm-hmm. Amy Adams, one of her first Oh he really plays, he plays the girl uh, she plays the girl with the braces that totally he forgot. The, the the nurse. I didn't uh know that. there's there's uh obviously we were just talking about um we were talking about Tom Hanks, but uh-huh. we were talking about Chris Walken. There's right. just a lot of a lot oh, of yeah. good actors in it. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I, I've always really appreciated it. It was the first time I remember seeing a commercial where they named three actors. They named those three, right? Uh-huh. And I just went, whoa. Yeah. Right? And then it said directed by Steven Spielberg. It was one of the first movies I remember seeing the commercial as a kid, right? And being like, oh my god, what an event, right? It yeah. was like, it really did feel that way. Um, yeah. I, so, at this point, it was tough for me to make that decision, too, because I was wrestling with, in this spot, Django or Inception, uh-huh. and I just kept thinking about each one of those movies mm-hmm. and and how it's how I've kind of come back to them at different points in my life, and yeah. then I, this one popped up and it was like, mm. oh no, this it was kind of at the eleventh hour. This one right. kind of was like, oh no, this is actually one of my favorite ones, um, and I also just really didn't want to say Titanic because I don't want to get beat up, but it's, it's probably <laughs> in real life it probably is Titanic. Sure. But I also didn't want to spend. 25 minutes talking about that. Titanic. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was your second pick? There was a time when I would have put Departed here. The That movie does not have a great rewatchability. Is it because of all the flip phones? What what doesn't do it for you? It, what doesn't do it for me is it's a bit of a mess of a movie. Okay. They let... Nicholson is kind of a black hole in the middle of the movie. He kind of... There's scenes... There's whole detours we take with Nicholson's character that have no bearing on the plot whatsoever uh, were apparently you... added by the actor like the cocaine don't move to your uh, numb going to, the, to, to yeah. the opera none of that matters it quite literally does not matter I don't care about the, <laughs> I don't care about the character more him doing things like killing a fly and eating it uh-huh. uh, him dropping a gun picking it up from under the tape these were all improvisations uh-huh. that were just putting hats on hats right uh-huh. you also look at the screenplay it's not really well written it's actually not very well put together it's a bunch of really good one liners strung together and that movie won best screenplay too won best screenplay uh-huh. won best picture you know it well there was that whole story where the the guy who did the adaptation didn't watch the original version Jesus so people Christ. were really, really? Like, well but people were really like impressed by that that it was yeah Yikes. well i and, and i mean it, he's one of those william monahan is one of those screenwriters who you mm-hmm. look at the rest of his career and you go oh you got lucky right mm-hmm. it's like the rest of his work since oh and it also probably helps having 15 of Hollywood's best actors, and they're also improvising over the material. Well, what's weird is DiCaprio says that movie, he read the screenplay, and he's like, oh, it's ready to go. And I read that screenplay literally as is, right? You uh-huh. read it, and you go, what a what a mess. Like, I don't see it. I don't see the movie. Um, there was a time I would have put that there because I really like his frenetic performance. It was. The- I think he's the best one in the movie. I I, maybe, maybe I'm blinded because there's a lot of people who I've had to argue against them being people's favorite actors over Leonardo DiCaprio, oh, particularly it. Matt Damon. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I've I've had a lot of you know of me and my young our friends. These this this group of actors is kind of our generation that we'll, we'll debate, yeah. right? So you yes. get the Ed Nortons, the Matt Damons, sure, the Leos, sure, sure. and I'm always been besides you, I've always been my own Leo guy. Mm-hmm. But I've had to, I've had to go into battle against Damon a lot, and so I was like, you know, it's, it was kind of like, oh, it's this movie is quite literally 
Leo versus Matt Damon. Yes. You know? Um. Oh, that's interesting. So you almost kind of took it as like I gotta like Leo. I gotta like it because I don't know I'm if I have to. I preferred it. I feel like I preferred it. I just I hope it's genuine. But yeah, he's frenetic. I think. And again, you gotta. He's the. The, the stakes in the movie, everyone has high stakes in it, but really it's through Leo's character where most of the audience's stakes I, Quite by. literally. I mean, I think he he is probably the only person who we watch. That movie doesn't work if we don't see him crumbling under pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think the movie would have done better to have focused a little bit more on that. It's just, and it's also, this editor has worked, had worked with Scorsese so many times, you know, with the... The Aviator, she won an Oscar there. She won an Oscar for The Departed. It, it, it's not the best edited, it's the most edited. It's one of mm-hmm. those, right? And yeah. so anyway, that would have been number two at one point, but every time I rewatch it, I see the I see the seams a little bit uh-huh. more. The one I would pick is Django. Um, okay, so I we actually, did get to talk about Django. Yes, cool. um, I think it is both his... Um, Speak... Fucking the balls to go after a character like that again, and risk your again. He is that guy who was like, you know, you hear you hear rumors about how, oh, he was going to be the lead in Boogie Nights. He was going to be Dirk Diggler, and then he decided to go with a different pro. You know, mm-hmm. you hear about that. You hear about he's supposed to be American Psycho, he, but he did the beach. Right. You might you you hear about the fact that he was at some point hearsay, maybe not. He was reading for. Hans Landa in Inglorious Bastards oh, wow. because he had that okay. German look. Yeah. Um, you know, you hear about all of these. He waited to work with Tarantino on the right thing with the right role. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. His his character shows up halfway through the film and you can't not think about him when you think about that movie. Yeah. Um, he's also... It's also really interesting watching this, like, boy king, right? This, this Richard II in the South... Who hasn't ever had? I've his, never thought of that before. Yeah, but uh-huh. he's like he's never had his dominance challenged. He's never he has never been told he's not the boss. The only person that he buckles to is Samuel L. Jackson's mm-hmm. character, who quite literally is because he almost kind of mentored him quietly into that role. Right, mm-hmm. pulls him into the study quietly and says these these motherfuckers aren't mm-hmm. here for you know. Yeah, I. I I just think it's such an incredible performance. There's no reason he should not have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor that year. Absolutely not. Do you think he would have even had a chance against I here's, Waltz? Here's what's tricky. I think Waltz is like the consummate supporting actor. He is like, and I'm, gosh, I just lost the name, but there was another supporting actor who was in two westerns back-to-back, back in like the 40s. Dang it, I lost his name. But... He won two supporting act- actors back to back, and they were just those character actors who just nailed it. Right? I personally think Waltz's performance in that is pretty good. I think DiCaprio getting nominated and winning for that. I think the Academy was waiting to give him a lead actor. That's Oscar. probably that's probably more. I know. almost think there was probably quietly an anti campaign. If I had to be quite that's honest, we can't. With you. We can't, we can't, we, we it can't. can't be the first one as a support. The right. guy's been leading his He's entire career. He's been leading career. his whole career. Why on earth would we then, like, it would be a bit of a letdown. It would be like if, it's almost better that, I'm going to say something really horrible. It's almost better that Peter O'Toole died never winning anything than if he had won for, like, a really small role as yeah. so-and-so in a supporting role. It would have been kind of like, kind of like ends on a whimper, not with a bang, right? Yeah. So I think it was a little bit of that. 
Man, that scene where he's got Ben's skull. Oh yeah. And he's taking the. Oh yeah. And he's and I mean they really allow him. Oh yeah. To Milk. make a fucking ham sandwich Milk. out of that. But it also that. feels. Oh, there's multiple scenes where he gets that. It doesn't feel like he's overplaying or that he's distracting from anyone else. He's just turning up to the the volume of the rest of the scene. Yeah. The, I I I insist right. Yeah. The shaking of the hand. Just I mean it is one of those performances that I I every time. I mean, I love I, I, I love Django Unchained the more I watch it. Um, but I, yeah, his performance in that is just awesome. We also got to, you got to appreciate the the balls to do the character. Yep, because yep. in that exact same project, they wanted Will Smith to play Django. Uh-huh. And Will Smith wouldn't do it because he has a wholesome image. He's trying to get his kids in movies. Right. He didn't want to do this slave master uh-huh. western right. kind of right. uh, screwball thing. And and you know Leo, there's just there there. It's not. It's about uh-uh. the project. It's not about the image. It's not about what I'm the the next movie I'm doing. If uh-uh. you know if the if the work is is what I deem to be valuable yeah. of this, then I'm going to do it. He and knows that the role needs to drip venom so that you don't like the guy. So when he gets his right, you love it. Yeah. Uh, has, he's that's just really his only villainous role. I mean, yeah. That I yeah I'm yeah that thinking, I can think yeah. of I mean mm-hmm. like you could argue that one of the brothers in Man in the Iron Mask is a villain yeah but but, but mm-hmm. you're right his outright despicable villain mm-hmm. that is it right and so I think it's just like it was a really cool I remember seeing it in theaters and just being like good on you man mm-hmm. like the whole that whole cast is incredible but like. In particular, yet again, redefining himself, kind of like jumping in, and now he's a Tarantino guy. The fact that he's yeah. going to be in Once Upon a Time in, in Hollywood is incredible. So, speaking yeah. of, it might be interesting to see him. We're talking about he. A lot of the directors like to use him over and over again. We're talking a little bit about his wit and how it's underrated. Yeah, an interesting place to see him eventually is maybe in a Wes Anderson movie. Hmm. I could see him being one of those role players in a Wes Anderson movie. Totally. I don't know. Anyway, that was just something yeah. that popped well, in my he's, head. Well, he, and the thing that would be great about that is he takes it, like Ed Norton in those movies, he believes the world. Yeah. He's like, I, this is dead serious. Yeah. I'm not goofy at and all. And that's what when it's the funniest, about? is right. when, the, when, it's, when it's absolutely dead yep. serious to yep. those people and they're not playing into that joke. Absolutely. So, Django uh, and my Django, story. thank you so much for, for giving me that one. Um, so, for, for me, and... I don't really want to talk about Titanic right now. Okay. But um, I am going to bring up What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Okay. So that was that was my first time where I was like, this is this is the guy's... This, that, that was my first introduction to him being a great actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, still an incredible performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I guess that's, that's kind of where I am with it. Yeah. I, I'd like to get your thoughts yeah. on it. It's uh-huh. it's a movie that actually kind of. I'm glad he gave that performance because I think it helps the movie live on. Mm-hmm. I think without that performance, I don't think a lot of people would be talking about it. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. I think it's a really great story. I think I kind of put it up there with Sling Blade in terms of like a really good story set in the South or set in poverty mm-hmm. that has an incredible performance at the center of it. That doesn't call attention to itself. It just is. What's your What's your perform? Because I know me and you had had talked very briefly about a movie like The Wife, where it really mm-hmm. exists for a performance. And I don't think that mm. movie originally started and was intended to exist for a performance. But no. kind of what's your What's your opinion of a 
quote performance movie where it kind of it's its appeal is built on this one particular performance. What's just uh, what's my appeal about the the idea? Of yeah, that? yeah. What's your kind of approach? So, like, obviously, this one's not on your list, but can kind of are you are you more turned off by that? Are you because you're a director? I, do you look at things as like I want the I want the whole package, or can you am, yeah. enjoy? Can you kind of just because this is the difference between a director, yeah. you talking to an actor, me. I can sit there and just love the hell out of a movie where there's one great performance mm. going on. I can I can enjoy the kind of but but you're an, you're a director and you're a writer so you're looking at from a bird's eye you want to see all these moving pieces you want to see the rivers flow into the lake it's like, you know it's like I can't think of a metaphor right now except for like it's as if you put up like a circus tent right and then like all the poles except one fall and it just looks kind of sad like it just like that one pole in the middle still there and it's high but everything around it just kind of sags a little. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I see movies like that. For me, I just don't understand. A movie should never exist solely for a performance. I think there have been really good performances rewarded for movies like that. Um, I think... I found myself enjoying Darkest Hour more than I thought I would, even mm-hmm. though it really exists so that Gary Oldman can play Winston Churchill, right? But even then, you kind of can't avoid the fact that everyone around him is kind of a piece of paper, right? They're as thin as a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think DiCaprio has anything like that in his filmography necessarily, but I just personally find those kind of movies. For me, the only time that works, right, is when that character is in every single scene, and it's almost like the point of the movie is to see it through their eyes, right? Okay. If that's the point, awesome. Like, are we going to talk about the wife for a second? No, we don't have to talk about it. Okay, no problem. Uh, but, I, I, but for me, I'm like, if, if the movie is based around the idea that, like, we see, we start, the movie is, is edited and directed to, to see the world as this character sees it, I'm game for that. But it's just... Okay. Yeah. So Gilbert Grape's not that. No, no, no. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely... The appeal of it all these all these years later is... We're talking about his fantastic, performance. This perfe- like, just fantastic performance. Like, who played his mom? Do you know who played the mom? It was some... Right. Some lady that's right. only done one movie. And you're like, but oh, yeah. I can yeah. tell you who played Gilbert. Jo- yeah, and yeah. you're like, oh, Johnny Depp was in that movie, right? Yeah, very, um, yeah. very Johnny Depp. He was, very, he was very... He was boring... Johnny teen Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of hiding behind my Gosh. hair kind of guy. The more yeah. real that guy looks in movies, the less interesting he was. Like, <laughs> every time he looks like a normal person, I don't like his performance. Um, There's Juliette Lewis is in it. Uh, oh, that's true. Uh, one of the most underrated John C. Riley. John C. Riley as the, the burger barn guy. He's oh, just this geez. townie who who does odd jobs for Gilbert, mm. like fixes their basement. Oh, that's But funny. he's just really, he's they're getting this this whack mcdonald's it's called burger barn that's being delivered <laughs> and he's just I so totally... excited he's so excited about this burger barn it's really every time he's in a scene he's like yeah man they're gonna make milkshakes with 100 percent real milk i'm telling you man it's that's gonna amazing. be raw high beef or like it's like he's always oh, just like geez. really great a beef he's a, he's always just really into this this burger place because it's it's the it's the ultimate kind of uh, bum fuck America and they're getting they're getting yeah. this fast food chain and they're excited about well, it kind of I, guy. I, I mean I and, and I think the reason I don't remember any of that oh it's been a while first uh-huh. of all. Second of all, I just remember the moment, spoiler alert, their mom dies uh-huh. and you hear DiCaprio wailing for her. Yeah. Right? It's kind of like 
it's hard to not think of that first and foremost when you think of that movie after that. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I also remember I'm that nerd who like goes back and watches Oscar nomination announcements from like the eight, 80s, right? Because <laughs> I want to be like, how people react then? Like, yeah. who did who got a lot of applause who you've never heard of, right? Yeah. Who like their career just died after that. And Gilbert Grape, when DiCaprio popped up, there was some cheers in the audience mm-hmm. because I think it's this sense of this kid who's in his second movie. Like, we should say that out loud. Yeah. His, that's his second film ever, right? That This boy's life was the first. Um, it's pretty incredible that he gave that incredible of a... And it's not flashy. That's the thing. It's incredibly... It's a very shiny role in terms of the, the way it lets the actor sink its teeth in, but it's not a flashy performance. You're talking about prep. You're talking about performance. Yep. I mean, all of the he does in there. Absolutely. And, and and my girlfriend and her family. There's uh you know there's there's just some handicap uh, over there, but it's just you know that's that's a movie she watched and was very touched by, and mm. uh, it was uh it's just I, I really appreciate that. And it's uh, not sentimental. It's yeah. not like Rain Man where it's like cute, right? Now it's cute. But I also really like Rain Man. I so like Rain. I liked. No, I, <laughs> I'll take that. But mm. I I think um it it lacks the sentimentality that something like Rain Man has or something you know, like my left foot has. Okay. Um, yeah. It has a little less, it just is, yeah. right? This mm-hmm. is just a poor family that grew up this way. It's got a little humor in it. Um, but yeah. I, I think, yeah. So it's a great performance, yeah. Uh, let's get into every rose has a thorn, every career has a boo-boo. What, yeah. What's your least favorite? So I'll start, I'll preface this by saying, again, he has never done a, he has never done a project where I don't look at it on paper and go, Why? Right? I'm like, every single time you understand why he signed on to a thing. It was either, oh my god, what an incredible director to get, you know, to get in bed with. Or, whoa, that script is incredible. Or, wow, that screenwriter just won an Oscar. Of course he's going to sign on. Um, I would say, as far as his worst performance, I found him to just be kind of boring in Man in the Iron Man. Interesting. I just find it kind of dull. Um, I just, I think he tried. I just don't think it works. And I think it doesn't work both times. And so for me, and maybe it's just, you know what also? He wasn't really good early on at being in period pieces. You never quite bought the accent. I didn't. Yeah. You never quite bought the accent. So it sounded like DiCaprio trying to do an accent. Um... It's his aristocratic accent, yeah. Yeah, he's just, do, he's doing, he's almost too rehearsed, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost, it doesn't feel natural in his mouth. Um, so there's that. I would say probably the worst movie, I, I, I just, I just hated The Beach. I just hated really? it. Really? I really did. Maybe if I went and rewatched it, I'd like it, but I just really hated it. This might qualify as an underrated, because I've gone back and rewatched it. There's, okay. there's some parts of it that are wacky. I know the video game scene is was a bold choice by Danny Boyle that did not pay off. And I think a lot of people go back to that oh, okay. if they're going to criticize him. They're like, that fucking stupid video game moment. You know what I'm talking about? It looks like an arcade totally. game. Totally. I just remember how I felt watching it and just being bored. Okay. Like, it was the first time I'd watched a Danny Boyle film or a DiCaprio performance and just being bored. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I gotta it's rewatch nice. it. Originally, that was re-watch. supposed to be Ewan McGregor. Titanic came out. Huh. It was such a huge... Or, and so then the, the studio kind of pressured Danny Boyle to Ooh. go with Leo. Yikes. And that really burned some bridges uh, for I, a long time between Danny Boyle and Ewan. Because and it that was, was promised, after train spotting. It was at a train spotting, yeah. Damn. And he went with with the 
you know. He went with the hot one. Yeah, yeah. he went with the hot, and, hot uh, career. Wow. And it kind of, and then Leo Damn. turned down American Psycho because he was supposed to be uh, Christian Which Bale. Which would have been great. Patrick, uh, what's Patrick Bateman? Is that Patrick no, Bateman? No. Yeah, Patrick Bateman. Yeah, right. Is it? Yeah, Patrick. Jason Bateman. Bateman Jason is the, is the no. Jason no. Bateman's the actor. Oh from, yeah, Patrick uh, yeah, Bateman yeah. is the character. Anyway, uh, yeah. he would have been great. Christian Bale was awesome, but I would have loved to have seen DiCaprio in American Psycho. But I like the fact that we like that's Christian Bale's coming out party too. Sure, like, true. I like the fact that it true. worked out, even though it's probably not. One of, it's one of Leo's best yeah. movies. Everybody's but. doing fine. Yeah, everybody's doing just fine for themselves. Um, yeah, The Beach is probably my least favorite. Movie of his. I really thought you were gonna say in terms of uh, maybe we'll, we'll we'll save it for shoutouts. But I um my least favorite was Jay Edgar. I found it to be sure. yeah to be and that sure. that might be a movie that really it's you're close. talking about paper people and, yeah. and a movie that exists for someone to do a biopic. I uh, I really think that was a very dull movie. Clint Eastwood is a great director when yeah. he's good. When he's bad, he's very dull. Yes. So I uh I it was very slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was a watch checker. I also, it's, yeah, it was sure. Two, it was a little over two hours, which yeah. isn't terrible in length. Old but age I makeup was... is pretty god awful. Like, yeah, it's and it's hard when, it's hard when you know the power behind it, and they didn't put the effort into making. I just don't get it. I like I don't all that power, and you, God, it's just it looks boring. Like the the way it's yeah. shot is pretty the, the, dull. Yeah, the way they did the lensing. Yikes! Uh, I even think. They did a lot of rapid cuts between um, between different time periods, and mm-hmm. they don't they didn't do it fluid. You're talking about kind of a sloppy movie in terms of editing. I get I got that sense when I watched it. Also, as well. it doesn't help that it was following. It has these scenes where J. Edgar is testifying. Right, it has these scenes where he's yelling at people across tables. Uh, that was already done exactly. By the aviator, right? Mm-hmm. And done better. So right away you go, it doesn't even have like that going for it. It's yeah. bad makeup. The cinematography, it's like the two colors that exist are black and brown. Mm-hmm. Like the, uh, the perf- again, you totally understand why he signed on. Uh, it's, you know, written by Dustin Lance Black, who had just come off milk, right? And so yeah. there's just this sense of like, but it's one of those, Clint Eastwood, you're right, he is. He, it doesn't help either that he is one of those directors who has become infamous for not having the screenwriter revisit a draft. He looks at the first draft and goes, we're good. And that, some, with Million Dollar Baby, I dug it. Uh, with uh, Jersey Boys, I was like, what the f*** were you thinking? <laughs> with, yeah. uh, oh my god, with Gran Torino, kill me. Like, hang yeah. me in my, like, just hang me from a rack. Uh-huh. But J. Edgar was another one where it was like, I actually think that screenplay could have been pulled off better by a better director. It was just boring. Yeah, it was really the pacing was wow, dull. Was doo doo poo. I will. I will also say I think that I am checking the filmography because I had it right in front of me. I also think his work in Revolutionary Road is really good. That's one really, of my underrated. Really good. Really good. I think the movie is too long for what it wants to be. I think it's a. It would have been a great play. Let's put a pin in Revolutionary. Okay. Road. So my other worstie was, uh, and I and I know a lot of people, but a lot of people are very for or against this movie, very polarizing movie. Sure but Romeo and Juliet. Okay. I know a lot of people don't believe he really understood 
the words that were coming out of his mouth that's when valid. it came to Shakespeare. That's valid. It's it's just cartoonish now. If sure. you went back and watched it, you there'd be a lot of laughs that aren't supposed to be oh, there. Oh, like the swords on the side of the guns yeah. and stuff. It's just like, oh, it's totally like glamorized gang warfare. Yeah. Like there's no... Did not age well. Did no. not <laughs> age well. But at the time, it was kind of sexy. It kind of had Claire Danes, you know, Claire Danes and him were a good pairing. Um, you... They both came from the school of saying something softly makes it romantic, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of that. You look at some of the people who played, like, uh, Mercutio and, you know, Tybalt. Uh, you recognize the actors, mm-hmm. and they didn't go on to great careers, you know? I just think... Um, Tybalt was Leguizamo. Oh, true. That's true. I'm but sorry. Yeah, I was, Mercutio I actually, was kind of a I placed Le- Le- Leguizamo as, uh, as someone else. Yeah, oh. you're right. It was Tybalt, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, for me, I just... Um, yeah, it did not age well. That's no. that's a good point. That movie came out hot, did not age well. Yeah, Baz Luhrmann, and he's worked with him a couple times now because the Gatsby. That Gatsby's probably on the lower end of, of the list. Did you yeah. did you like Gatsby? I I I thought Luhrmann was actually a great call for uh-huh. director. Like it is about glamour and spectacle, right? Mm-hmm. And Luhrmann isn't a great isn't great with structure mm-hmm. but he can do spectacle right yeah. um i also thought you know i thought dicaprio was pretty perfect casting for mm-hmm. gatsby right i i think he I, I i think the performance you look at it it's by nature has to be a little flat because uh-huh. he can't show his cards yeah so unfortunately there's always a remove so the thing that we like about DiCaprio isn't always there yeah. in, you know. You, you're supposed to like Tobey Maguire, and he's your in. Mm-hmm. And then there is a wall built around Gatsby because he's alluring. Mm-hmm. But beyond that... He's mysterious. Yeah. And, but DiCaprio himself, as a celebrity, is kind of mysterious. You don't know which, a lot about him personally. Right, which plays right? in... Yeah. I don't know how fun, interesting that is to watch in a character that the movie's named after. There's one... Yeah, there's one nice moment where he's talking about, I give her all these things, I'm here, this is my life, you know, she, she's not appreciating it. You can see it in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. And then, of course, you, know, you get the, the classic, the meme of the... The, the oh, liquor the, the glass. glass. Yeah, the glass. I mean, that's yeah. an iconic shot. Like, that uh, right there, him doing that, like, that is one of those, that's going to play in his in memoriam, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just <laughs> one of those classic Hollywood shots. Yeah. Um, the, the the 3D fireworks going off in the background. Absolutely. So, uh, let's let's wrap up with some, some shout-outs, just some movies that... Uh, you know, don't make the top of your list, but some some movies. So I'll start. Is Revolutionary Road was one that I really appreciated and was surprised that it didn't get a lot of love. And it came out as directed by Sam Mendes, and it came out during Oscar season. And it's kind of funny, and a lot of people kind of poked fun of it. And it, it, it kind of became a little punching bag of what marriage might look like for Rose and Jack had they both survived right. that, that that boat. But it uh, it just for me, um, I. I really appreciate it. And again, uh, pulling the curtain back and saying glamorized 1950s life, there was a lot of horrors behind, you know, behind the white picket fence. Yes. That's not, that's not a new thing. Right. But I really, uh, I, I really was into the, uh, them as a couple. And I, for me, again, I'm, I'm a sucker for domestic drama. That's uh-huh. why me and you do them all the time uh-huh. together. Yeah. Everybody drink reference to acting careers. But, <laughs> but you know, it's, so it was just, 
taking, and I also, I like a good purge, and it basically takes, and you're about to get married, um, so maybe don't watch Here this movie. Go. You're Don't watch this movie ever again, because it takes everything that's wrong with marriage, and it basically throws it at the audience. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's some fantastic scene work in that movie. Oh, yeah. That I really love. Um, it's not my fault that the play was lousy, and I'll be damned if you're gonna sit here and let me play dumb that. suburban house and like I those. I love that. You know, those... is that the one? Is that the on the roadside? Yeah, the when road he's side? when they pull God. over the car, it's after her shitty play, and he's like, "I'm not gonna let you sit here and fucking beat me up because your play sucked, and let's get all of the problem like that kind of that classic. Let's we're we're gonna use this moment to get everything out on the For fucking table. For me, that movie should have been a theatrical play. It should have been a play. That would have sold out on Broadway so fucking quick, and it actually would have played better. Mm. I actually think the but wor- the cinematography is good in it too, though. It is, but I mean, like it always is in Sam Mendes films. Like he doesn't do bad cinematography. You know, whether it's Road to Perdition or American Beauty, it, his cinematography all gets Oscars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, for me, I look at those performances and everything I appreciate takes place in that house like every if you really watch it that scene is a great opening to a play lights mm-hmm. come up they come home from a play they're not talking to each other he hangs up his coat they have this argument in their living room and they're talking in different rooms yelling at each other it's mm-hmm. a domestic drama it is like the epitome of what would work on stage for me speaking of play michael shannon who's probably one of the best characters yes. in that, as a theater actor you Correct. know he would he would re-roll he it yeah yeah kathy bates would have been great like right so all of it everything you think about it's one of the few films i've ever seen where i'm like whoa actually you shouldn't have been a film like i like you you shouldn't have been a film as a movie my intention span is lesser like believe it or not and you get the message pretty quick mm-hmm. right it, I like the idea of hopping between them, then, them, now, them, then, them, now, and this romanticized version of s- suburbia versus not. You get the point pretty quick, and then the movie just keeps making the same point. Yeah. Okay. And it doesn't really change its mind. Um, or, or add any coloration to it. But that said, Kate Winslet, oh my god. DiCaprio, holy shit. And Mike Shannon, like, yeah. the performances in it are incredible. There's that scene where he, they're having an argument... He slams the chair into the wall so hard it shatters, and he says, like, I wish you had gotten rid of the baby. There are a lot of really good acting moments in that particular movie from everyone involved. I just, uh, I I think the movie makes its point halfway through its runtime, and then it doesn't have anything new to say. A little recycling. I get it. That's why it's not top of the list, but I want to give love to it. Sure. Is there other movies that you want to give some love to? Uh, you know, I think The Revenant is a technical achievement. Um, I think but it's... But also, ironically, the movie he wins Best Actor for. Yes, and I think, unfortunately, it doesn't help that people are like, the man had to be eaten by a bear before he got an Oscar, right? Yeah. It kind of, like, it doesn't help the Leo doesn't have an Oscar thing. It, it pisses me off because... All throughout, I work in an office, so I get a lot of people that aren't movie people that want to talk movies come Oscar season. They're like, oh, you know, I mean, it's just not his best movie that he should have won an Oscar for. Mm-hmm. And I agree. Like, obviously, it's not on our lists here. But if you look at the people that were nominated that year, mm-hmm. he was the best actor that year. Mm-hmm. Where is there that the rule is when you win your acting award, it mm-hmm. has to be the best movie you've done? Right. right? I just yeah. think, if you look at it, that yep. was... 
I mean, Fastbender was with Steve Jobs. That was okay. Mm-hmm. Eddie Redmayne was in the what was the one where he was the the woman, uh, D- the D- Danish girl. Danish girl. Yeah. You know, uh, Matt Damon had done Martian, but right. I, are you, are you really like are those anything that you really need no. to die on a mountain for? No, no, no. So I was like, he was the best actor this year. He and was. Then, he was. And he was like, he barely talked. I'm like, well, you don't know, but you know, a lot of acting is actually with your body and your face. My frustration has nothing to do with the Revenant and everything to do with the fact that it just took so long. Right, that's really where it comes. My frustration comes from the fact that Dallas Buyers Club was the same year as Wolf of Wall Street. It like uh-huh. it was a domino, right? Yeah. I'm so glad he won that year, and it was deserved. I actually don't take away from his win there. Um, the two that I would probably shout out, I think obviously, uh, uh, both Scorsese, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Aviator, I think, is a great performance. You I actually use that. Everybody drink. Shout out to the acting process. But you use that as a note to an actor. You used him being fidgety mm-hmm. and, and that the scene where he goes in with Alan Alda and he's, yeah. he's, pers- pers- he's mucking up all the right. all the dishes and everything and right. how great of a of just an acting acting choices and, and everything yeah. he's able to uh-huh. give to the audience without actually saying the words. We we know he's. He's keeping a calm face. He's got all of these OCD tendencies. He's keeping a cold, uh, a calm face in front of his opponent, Alan Alda. Uh, so we instead feel the pain. We see the th- you know the thumbprint on the glass. Mm-hmm. We know he hates fish. We know all of these things. So when he goes out to the hallway and has a panic attack, we understand why. I think it's a great performance. I think again, you watch the movie now, kind of messily edited pretty messily edited and actually i'm far more fascinated i know it's odd because it's called the aviator i'm far more fascinated with the movie making howard hughes than i am by the aviator howard yeah hughes. i agree i like the earlier series yeah, uh, the hell's angels or whatever was catherine really, catherine hepburn there's only one cat yeah okay and she was great yeah um she won an oscar for that she did mm-hmm. uh and then i would say the best honestly probably one of the most confident perfectly packaged movies that you forget was a scorsese movie is shutter island um it is from the beginning to the end a really good hitchcockian throwback yeah like it really is and it plays really well all the twists play his backstory comes up at times that don't feel too convenient like mm-hmm. it really is a great great job that he does in that got no awards love <laughs> which that's fine. Yeah. Personally, I just think there are some sequences in there where I'm like, that's some of the best work Scorsese did the last decade, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Anything in particular? I think the image of him looking down at the Nazi so- soldier who has his face blown uh, off, watching him basically die in mm-hmm. front of him, uh, is horrifying. Yeah, those, those, all those cuts to those his, uh, camps and everything. Yeah, his final exchange with Ruffalo. Like, mm-hmm. that ending, one of the best movie endings i've seen in a very long time um mark ruffalo i mean truly the the idea that you know he is spoiler alert you know Mm. he is probably sane but he doesn't want to live here anymore and knows i have to act insane in order to like get put down you know what fucked me up about that movie was michelle williams plays the wife that goes insane yes and she was just coming out of the the ledger stuff yikes and it's like man she really goes to some dark places she does there's multiple movies she's been in now where her kids have melted oh my god kids have been murdered right and i'm like man you'd think for someone that's already gone through a lot of real life tragedy they'd they'd kind of brighten it up a little bit but no she just goes she continues but, to get yeah. further, further down. So those are the two I'd shout out. Yeah. Uh, 
Great. I the only other one besides Revolutionary Road that I wanted to give shout and love to is Basketball Diaries. Sure. Uh, again, a movie with flaws, but uh, yeah. part of my part of my early Leo Renaissance mm-hmm. and really nice scene with him and Lorraine Bracco when hmm. it's she's she's got the lock on the door. Right. And he's beating down the door and sure. it's don't you know how much this hurts and can you just can you hold my hand? Mm-hmm. Will you hold my hand? Just mm-hmm. take my hand. And he was, how old was he? 19, yeah, 20? He was, something, he was something. Very young. Very young. Yeah. Um, was that before or after Gilbert? That was after. It yes. was the same year. Same year? Yeah. yeah. So 93 for both of those. Wow. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that was just, that was just, uh, you know, it's, there's parts of it now that, that aren't great, but, uh, just swinging for the fences and, mm-hmm. and, and showing, showing a lot of great potential right. at a young age, so... Uh, we also have just been joined, coming from a rehearsal, everybody drink uh, acting career reference, but coming from rehearsal is Spencer's affianced, did I say that right? Elise <laughs> yes. Marie Davis. Yes. Hi, Elise. Hey, hey. Hey, Hello. do you have any thoughts on Leonardo DiCaprio? Um, the very first movie I saw him in was, like, of course, Titanic. Um, I was in third third grade or fourth grade and I remember everyone talking about it and I was at the age where I needed my parents permission in order to see it with uh, boobs in it I with it. boobs in it uh-huh. yeah with uh Kate Winslet's beautiful the, boobs the hand <laughs> hand on the glass hand on yeah. the glass not fully sure what was happening but like Thought could definitely like feel tangles and didn't know what was up sexy um but I remember at that age because I wasn't fully into the love story. It was that last hour that I was very interested in. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, we all probably remember the when, iceberg. We, when we mm. actually got the the VHS because it was in VHS land. Double. Double. It was, fucking it was, two. It was yeah, the two. double one. And I remember the very last line of the first one was, I think you've got your headline, Mr. Ismay. Mm-hmm. And then you'd go immediately uh, into like That is a great act one It is. Bus, ending, it's a it? good intermission. Yeah. It's a good yeah. intermission. So I remember yeah. sometimes just watching The Last Hour, which was essentially the second tape, um, because I was very That's You just watched the second tape you of Titanic? You only watched tape two. I would uh, only watch tape two because the first tape is the first two hours of like the love story thing and I was like eh. <laughs> yeah the character development I'm like, yeah, I'm, like, all the characters. I'm like 10 I'm like nah I want to watch people like go crazy and die wow <laughs> so, there so, is yeah. it's, it's it's much more intense than the back half yes. do you have yeah. any do you have any kind of favorites we don't need to get we, we, we've talked a lot already on it but do you have any kind of your own personal performances performances he's in I'm trying to it's funny that you brought up Revolutionary Road because I think that that was actually the movie that Mike Shannon really stood out to me and I love, and he's nominated. And yeah, yeah, and I love Leo, and I love, uh, I, I adore Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet, I think, is one of the best actresses of our time. Um, but that was one that I was really excited to see them both in again. Yeah. And I remember Michael just, like, outshining both of them weirdly. Hmm. And who knows if I was at an interesting point in my life where, like, I weirdly connected to him more than the two of them. Um, but I'm trying to think of, Shutter Island was a really fucking good one. Am I allowed to swear on yeah, him? Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> I was like, so oh, he's, he's the host. He's the like, host. I was like, too late, too late. Um, Shit, cock, ball. <laughs> um, but Shutter Island was a really good one. I'm actually not the biggest fan of Wolf of Wall Street, and I think it's because of the longevity of the movie, and this is something that Spencer and I will forever just be in angst about, yeah. okay. because he adores him. But there was one, what is the one that I It's our really, number ones. Yeah, it's our number ones. That's so <laughs> We don't have time to go back. We don't we'll, have time. We'll do it off camera. Yeah, or off um, mic. I'm trying to think. There's there's one that I really enjoyed him in. What the fuck was it? Um, uh, Django? Yes. Yeah, it was okay. that one. Um, cool. Yeah. He just... You could tell he was in a place where he was like, I give 
zero fucks and I'm just going for it. I felt mm. like with a lot of the other roles, it was very meticulous. And, like, he's clearly one of those method actors who's really good at making it seem real. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I can tell that there's a lot of thought behind it and a lot of process. Yeah. Um, but Jane, Django Unchained was one of those where I'm like, I love the fact that I could tell he just completely let loose. Mm. And he was like, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. So I think that is probably my very favorite okay. performances wow. cool yeah we both had the, a lot of that that was my number same, two yeah yeah so uh she one of her least favorite was your number one and, and <laughs> yeah, second wow. was number two yeah and we and i was saying you guys are about to get married so never watch revolutionary road again because all the movie does uh, is highlight all of the, the negative things negative that go into marriage. being married, married so great well uh, that's gonna wrap up our conversation on leonard decap by the way did you know that he's actually has ocd tendencies in real life DiCaprio does? Yeah. He used to, when he was a kid, have to walk the same block twice, and he'd have to walk through the same door. Does so he still have them? I do not know, but I know that when he was younger, he did. Oh, so just a fun tidbit that I, I had read before we pressed the cord tonight. I but no thank you so much, Spencer, for coming on. Thank you I for having me. I look forward to many more of these conversations. Yes. Uh, Elise, we're going to have to get you on earlier next yes, time. Yes! Stop, stop being cast in shows. It's uh, and everybody drink because we're talking about uh, casting and rehearsals. But uh, and thank you guys for coming on and looking forward to talking to you guys more. Woo! Have a good one, everybody, and thank you everybody for listening. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you tell your friends. And have a good one. Bye. Wish that was you. I wish my thoughts were departed. All I had to do was play in Marvin's room. I would hang out at the beach, living this boy's life. Romeo and Juliet, I would have a celebrity wife. It would be Titanic and those Scorsese and to call Tom Hanks my friend. I would do my best, blow all the millions I was paid for by Diamond. Leonardo DiCaprio, why can't I be you? I'd wear the iron mask in the 11th hour, I can promise you. I'm gonna steal your identity So catch me if you can I'll tell the gangs of New York That I am Leo DiCaprio, man It would be Titanic and those Scorsese And to call Tom Hanks my friend I would do my best Blow all the millions I was paid for the diamond Leo, Leo Why did you make Quick in the dead, Leo, Leo. I want the women that you've had in your bed, Leo, Leo. Tell me what it's like to be the aviator, Leo, Leo. Let's find out what's eating Gilbert Grape together.